Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, Very Factual. We're your hosts, Kayla. And Isabella, and what an entertaining week it was for football fans as there was Champions League midweek and then amazing Premier League games this weekend. And we'll kick it off with, I would say, maybe the best Champions League game of this week, Napoli versus Real Madrid. Napoli took on Real Madrid at Stadio Diego Armando Maradona, and the match did not disappoint. Both teams could have come away with the win, but in the end, Real Madrid would come away with the three points after Federico Valverde's long-range strike deflected off Napoli's keeper. Kayla, this game really could have gone either way. Yeah, I agree. It honestly could have gone either way. Like, the penalty for Napoli and the own goal that caused Madrid to win. And Bellingham scored in the first half, which is unusual for him. But it is his usual self to be scoring in the game, of course. Mm-hmm. We are very much Jude Bellingham fans. Like, we're fangirls here. Um, it was a very even match. Um, it was very entertaining. Napoli lacked some edge. They made some mistakes, and Real Madrid was the clinical team. I think Real Madrid, I think we maybe expected them to come away with the win because it's mm-hmm. Real Madrid. Um, Jude Bellingham, like you said, he did it once again. Goal and an assist. I feel like he's averaging that like every single game. It's crazy. Yeah. He's and, normally scoring or assisting. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and him and Vinicius Jr. looked incredible playing off each other, and we didn't really get to see that, like, that much this season so far because Vinicius Jr. was injured, but they look great together. I love this partnership, and hopefully it, like, begins to flourish. I mean, it continues to flourish. Um, Bellingham is, I'm not going to lie, I think he might be the best player in the world at the moment, just, like, mm-hmm. the consistency no one expected him to be this good. Like, we all thought he was going to be good, right? Because he looked amazing at Dortmund, but not this good. Like, it's crazy. I think Dortmund is just producing these amazing players, like Holland oh, yeah. and Bellingham, you know? They, like, like nurture them, right? And then they mm-hmm. sell them off to, like, these humongous clubs, and they become superstars. Um, And I, like... Uh, Carlo Ancelotti, he also said in a press conference after the game, I believe, that um, he is also surprised because Jude is just racking in all the goals. You know, they um, have no more Kareem Benzema, so everyone was wondering where the goals were going to be coming from. And then Jude Bellingham comes in, right? He's a midfielder. He's not a striker. Like, it's crazy how he's just... He's always in the right positions. He makes tackles. He... He just takes everything for the team, and it doesn't matter that Madrid is, like, um, maybe they're not the Madrid that we used to see. Um, mm-hmm. Like, but if you have Jude Bellingham on your team, you're guaranteed to get a result because he is crazy. And something I – the thing I love most about him is that he is so humble, so selfless. The way he carries himself at such a young age is crazy. He has amazing leadership skills. And in an interview after the game, he gave credit to his teammates. He did not, like, take all the praise. He praised his teammates. And that's something I really love about him. And I hope it doesn't go away. I agree. I think, you know, we... Me and you, we watched Jude Bellingham from when he was, what? 19, I think? 
No, not 19. No, it was like, it's like 17. It was like in the Se- Euros. Yes, 17, 17, I remember. It was like, you know, I I did not think he was going to become the like one of the world's best players, Caleb. Did you? No, like he's literally the star for I would say he's like their star player right now for Madrid and it's crazy to me that he he got this far and he's still so young. He's like you know? an, what is he like an 0304 baby? Like yeah. what? <laughs> he's like <laughs> He's so young, and um, I hope that um, since he has all this success right now, I hope it doesn't get to his head, mm-hmm. because we've seen that happen with a lot of players. He's still young. I mean, since he's still young and he hasn't really been showing, like like you said, he praised his player as his teammates and stuff. I feel like he just won't let it get to his head, and if it does, it won't be for a good amount of time, because he clearly is in the right mindset. Of like, oh yeah, it's not just me who did this, it's the whole team. Yeah. The most surprising result of the Champions League this week was PSG getting taken apart at St. Saint James's Park with Newcastle coming away with a 4-1 to win. Miguel Almiron would start the scoring. Newcastle's homegrown Dan Byrne and Sean Longstaff would then make it 3-0. Then Lucas Hernandez would get one back for PSG, but it wasn't enough as Fabian Schaar made a beautiful goal to end the memorable night for the Magpies. Kale, this, this most definitely was not the result we were expecting. No, definitely not. And I wasn't sure if PSG would win this game, but definitely not lose four to one. Like, yeah, four to one is it was crazy. absolute battering. Like I did not think this at all. Mm-mm. I thought it'd be like more of a two to one, three to one kind of maybe thing. even I'm like one sure. zero, like or I... even yeah, but four to one in Newcastle too. Like they've been they've been stepping it up since the beginning of the season, but still, it's like. Crazy to me because usually PSG, we've said this before, they're very egotistic and they're actually pretty good. But losing four to one, hopefully it humbled them a little bit. Oh yeah, for real. I think I I'm gonna say I did not expect Newcastle to win, to win big even. Mm -hmm. And this result was crazy. And I think it just shows we shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Just because PSG is such like a brand name doesn't Mm -hmm. mean we should throw Newcastle like under the bus and say like, oh. And I think PSG thought that, too. I thought they're like, oh, it's just Newcastle, you know? Mm-hmm, um, probably. You know, they thought, you know, they have their Kylian Mbappes, their Goncalo Ramoses, their Usman Dembele's, you know, Marquinhos, Donnarumma. They thought they had this in the bag. Uh, PSG had control of this game, but they didn't take advantage of any of their opportunities. Like, Mbappe looked invisible. I can't tell you one thing he did in that game. He was just standing there complaining. Um, it was a mess. PSG had had their struggles with Champions League in the past. Um, and I really thought they would do better. They were very open. Their midfield was extremely exposed. And I think we really underestimated Newcastle. I think they bounced back from that kind of, like, bad form that they had in the beginning. And I think that their fans, since this was a home game, helped them out a lot. It was like their 12th man. Like, St. James's mm-hmm. Park has had one of the best atmospheres, like, last season and this season especially. And the fans were behind them, and I think it, could it like, scared PSG off a little bit. The players played with confidence. They should be, they should be like, incredibly proud. Proud. Oh, my gosh, I can't talk. <laughs> um, because... Um, 
Champions League was gone from Newcastle for so long, and the fact that it came back, this was their first home game of the Champions League, and then they have, like, the group of death against PSG, right? They were playing PSG. PSG is a very intimidating club, and they literally thrashed them. It was incredible. And the thing, Newcastle also didn't have a a bunch of their main players. A lot Mm -hmm. of them are injured. Um... Um, what's his name? Sven Botman is injured, and they still put in this crazy performance. And I'm so glad this result happened because it showed that soccer can really go either way. It doesn't matter if um you're like this big commercial team. It could the result can change that fast, and they bounce back from their bad form, and they didn't crack under the pressure. I agree, and like you said, this was their first home game, and in the champ, and been, this is the first time they've been in a Champions League in a while. And you mentioned the atmosphere, and when you said that, I was thinking, I was like, if I was at a game, and if it was this first home game for Newcastle in a while for Champions League, I would the atmosphere is probably much better than it would be for like the Premier League, for example, because it's it was probably so much energy around them. Oh, yeah. Never mind them already having that group, that those fans. So, like you said, PSG definitely probably felt more pressured, too. Because when they were walking in, they probably like, oh, it's just Newcastle, you know? But and you see all the flags. Four yeah. to one. That's just crazy. I think I think the uh, atmosphere in the stadium definitely maybe intimidated PSG a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They weren't sure. expecting this and all of these fans. And they walked out and they're like, oh, this is actually a big deal. <laughs> On Tuesday, Manchester United took on Galatasaray at home, losing 2-3. Manchester United's Hoyland opened the scoreline in the 17th minute, then also scoring United's last goal. Galatasaray scored their first goal by Zaha in the 23rd minute, and the last two goals were by other players that I can't pronounce. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you know what? Yeah, we get the gist. We get the gist. (laughs) United's Casemiro was shown a red card late in the second half, which, in my opinion, was probably one of the main reasons why Galatasaray went home with a win. The match was more evenly played than I anticipated. Like, Manchester United was really pushing for a win, and we thought that it would be, what, like, 3-0, to zero, two, like, you, even 2-0, you, you said 3-1. No, you said last episode that it's going to be 3-1. to one. Yeah, 3-1. Was... And clearly that didn't happen. Um, they were like pushing for the win, like I said, and I saw when I saw the notification on my phone that United scored the first goal of the game. I was like, oh my gosh, are are my prayers being answered right now? <laughs> but to me, even though it was a loss, they played pretty well. Like I think the red card was a big reason as to why United lost because it, because it was eleven on ten at some point, and Casemiro plays a crucial center position on the field. Overall, I slightly it, it was a slightly unexpected scoreline, but it was an expected loss. Um, yeah, like you said, not surprised that they lost at all. I was like waiting for them to screw up because I I know I know <laughs> you said last episode that it's gonna be three to one, and I thought you were crazy for saying that, but you actually were very close. Um, mm-hmm. they lost the lead twice, twice, and in a perfect world, let's just say um. All the team is fit. All the team is in form. This is for Galatasaray and Man United. Man United should really beat them. They mm-hmm. all the players that they have. I I'm pretty sure they're all like pretty like 
important internationals. Um, and the thing that I really didn't like is that Eric Tanag had Amrabat playing left back, and I think he took Amrabat's comments a little too too seriously. Like Amrabat said, he could play anywhere, and I think maybe mm-hmm. Tanag actually believed that. I hated <laughs> that he was playing left back. I think Tanag has enough defenders, like. Um, literally bring in Harry Maguire if you have to. Amrabat should be up there with Casemiro and supporting him because Casemiro has not been good this season at all. Um, and both goals that were scored, or there were two goals that were scored um, for Galatasaray. Amrabat was in the middle of those. It was all Amrabat's fault. It was because that's he's in the wrong position. That is not mm-hmm. his position. He's supposed to be up there in the midfield not back here trying to defend those are defenders those are that's the job for defenders and I think he mm-hmm. has enough defenders to do that and all the goals that uh, Galatasaray scored went right down the middle every time they attacked they looked so dangerous it looked like they were gonna score each time and to be honest you might hate me for this Caleb but I seriously don't know if Man United could get out of the group, if they continue to have this form. I agree with you. They played a little bit better than I expected, at least. But if they continue with this form, they're not going to get out of the group stages. Also, um, I noticed that Galatasaray, whenever United scored, um, they scored another goal, make it even, make it a tie. But then when they scored the winning goal in the 71st minute, United couldn't get another goal to at least tie it up. No. Like, I know Galatasaray could push themselves to at least tie it up. You know, it was 1-0 and then 1-1 and then 2-1. You know what I mean? And now it's just I'm realizing that United, I feel like they just kind of like give up because it was on the 71st minute. They had like a good amount of time to at least tie it. And they yeah. just couldn't. Yeah, it's the whole domino effect again mm-hmm. that we mention every time. And I think Eric Ten Hag needs results, not in not just in the Premier League, but also in Champions League. Because yeah. if they don't, everything is going to fall down and he's going to be at the bottom of all that rubble. Like, he he has to find a way. No one is scared to play United anymore. They just think that they're, like, this big laughing stock. But I will say, I know we're always very negative on them now. I think a positive that United fans should take away from this is Rasmus Hoyland looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Like He's definitely our star player at the I, moment. Yeah, I did not expect him to be this good. I said, you're putting too much pressure on this 20-year-old. He's not going to score for you. But, you know, he's looking pretty good. And I think he's the reason Men United are still afloat. I, <laughs> I agree with that. He's been doing really well, and he scored these goals. And his, like, his, um, what am I trying to say, his form and everything is definitely helping United yet get through the season for sure yeah I think you know Rashford's out of form Casemiro's out mm-hmm. of form the whole team is out of form let's just say it um but Rashford was very reliant um last season he was in very good form but you know there's a new man now in town yep. in Manchester Rasmus Hoyland does Rashford even start anymore no I don't think so I don't think so. Literally? Just, he's fallen so much. Bring in Garnacho. What are Honestly. you doing? He gives energy. He gives the energy. He's young. He wants to play. 
you know, he he produced something yesterday, um, on Saturday in the game against Brentford, Kayla. So speaking of Brentford, um, Manchester United played them on Saturday and they won, luckily, 2-1. to one. Yes. Yep. Brentford's Jensen scored in the 26th minute and the Bees kept their 1-0 to zero win over the Devils until added time when, when McTominay scored the two goals for United, practically back-to-back. Causing causing fans to shake that stadium with excitement. Everyone, I was watching the um highlights and I when I swear that like cra- it I was so that. loud, it was crazy, and I'm shocked that United won honestly. Because seeing yeah okay, um I thought that they would win going into the game, but once the match started and United wasn't finishing their shots, I was like, well, this is kind of embarrassing. But <laughs> then at the end, two goals by McTom- by McTominay. I'm like, I'm so happy of him. So happy for him. <laughs> And you know who the assist was by? The last goal? Harry no. Maguire! <laughs> oh, <gasps> no way! He actually did something positive for once. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy for once for him. <laughs> but something that I noticed is that when United plays good, mo- like during, the, like, okay, so like the first half and half of the second half, they play good, they end up getting cocky and lose at the end. And when United has bad starts, like this match, for example, they pull it together and at the very end, like, they just, they pull it together at the very end and they end up winning. So I feel like this is an example of that. But, you know, needless to say, I'm very happy that they worked together at the end and brought those three needed, much needed points to the table. I might be a little biased on this because <laughs> I hate United, but um, obviously United fans are probably happy. But, you know, I'm the neutral one here. I don't have any affiliation with United, so I can be as mean as I want. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it was luck, maybe again, like we saw that um, in Bayern, uh, Men United. Um, I wasn't surprised when Brentford got the first goal. Like, let's be honest. I just, okay, first of all, I want to talk about what Onana did when Brentford scored. Yep. I was thinking this in my head. Then the announcer in the game said exactly what I was thinking. This ball is going like two miles an hour. It is going so slow, insanely slow. And Onana, she falls after the ball is in the net. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's a warm-up save. It It wasn't even like it was in the very first few minutes. It was like almost in the 30th minute. Yeah, like, like wake up, dude. Wake he up. Time. I was I like, know. he's the, okay, I li- I literally think he's the biggest fraud transfer. Mm-hmm. I have him as the best transfer. I, clearly I, <laughs> Like, what? The ball, he falls down, right? When the ball's, like, going past him and it goes over his hand into the net. No, two hands on that ball, catch it. You're supposed to do that. You're a grown man. I think you Mm -hmm. know how to do that. Some five-year-old can do that better than you. (laughs) Like, it is crazy. And I wanted him at Chelsea? No. No, 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 no. I'll (laughs) stick with Robert Sanchez. Um, I think it was an underwhelming performance, maybe, because they had to rely on two last very last minute goals very last um, minute <laughs> i but i they got the win they needed that's mm-hmm. positive three points um but they can't rely on these kind of performances to carry them throughout the season because that you're not gonna get anywhere um uh eric tenag took off rashford and casemiro off 
because they were bad. They were not giving mm-hmm. the game anything, and I'm so glad he did that. Such a good decision. He brought in players that, you know, he thought could do the job. And to be honest, if these bad results and just this – I think this pressure is building and building on Ten Hag, and I think it's it's starting to build, you know. I think people wanted to give him time, but I think we have to take a look – at it now all the players mm-hmm. are out of form except Hoyland I love Hoyland um, great. <laughs> I think Eric Ten Hag should be happy that the international break is coming up so he can try to regroup mm-hmm. but he better he needs to get this team in check he needs to get himself in check because you're gonna be out if you keep producing these losses these very underwhelming performances because this is not Manchester United used to be a very ruling force, one of the best teams in the world, and right now they're literally a laughing stock. Yeah, and like you said, um, you thought they were getting pretty lucky, and here's the thing, I thought they were lucky with their goals, but like I mentioned earlier, I feel like if they play bad during most of the game, they really push at the end to win, and if they play mm-hmm. good most of the game, they end up losing at the end. So I feel like it was just a mix of luck and how they play and I feel like this is like a really bad strategy if it even is a strategy for them but it's just something that I noticed uh I don't even know it's just it's a mix of I feel like they get lucky with their shots but I feel like they always have a strategy going on I think I they need to find their identity they need Mm -hmm. to find it fast because Manchester United always had an identity um, and something that I really loved, actually, at the end of the game when Matamane scored those two goals, the togetherness in that stadium was crazy. Like you said, mm-hmm. it was so loud. And I love seeing those moments in the sport. And I think, you know, that's the identity United need. That needs to come back. They need I to agree. be that ruling force up there with the cities and the um, Chelsea's not there yet. Um, maybe Arsenal's. They need to come back because we saw how those fans love that team, and mm-hmm. if they don't produce, it's gonna be a mess. Like I feel like at the end of the game, the way that the stadium literally went wild, I feel like I should give them that extra boost that they need because seeing how their fans still care about anything, yeah. like. I just feel like they have to consider that too and be like, okay, well, look, look what happened after we last minute won this. Look how happy everyone was. I feel like they should give them that push that they need. Lens took on Arsenal at home, causing the Gunners to head home with a sad 2-1 to defeat. Arsenal's Jesus opened the scoring in the 14th minute, but Lens got back on their feet and quickly redeemed themselves. Lens' two goals caused Arsenal to get their first loss of the season, but this loss isn't the only concern as Arsenal's current star player, Bukayo Saka, has been, was subbed off due to an injury that he sustained. And I expected Arsenal to win this. However, yeah. seeing Saka get off because he's hurt is a huge worry for me because he definitely is one of their best players at the moment. So I don't really know what to think think will happen for Arsenal I feel like they'll still push themselves and get the win get wins and such but without Saka I don't know yeah I think obviously losing Saka is a big loss he is their guy he is that star boy he is gonna be missed 
But mm-hmm. it obviously didn't affect them in the City game, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think no one in Arsenal can do what Bukayo Saka does. I think he's just one of those unique players. And hopefully it's nothing serious. I just think they really overplayed him. He played, I think it was like 87 games. And yeah. he broke some club record because he played that many. And he's still very young. Um, I just... I don't think he should have started in this game because he went off in the Bournemouth game last weekend as well. So that should have been a sign. Arteta should have been like, oh, you know, we need a replacement there. I know that he's so good. I love Bakayo Saka. You love Bakayo Saka, Kayla. But mm-hmm. if the kid comes up, kid, he's older than me. <laughs> <laughs> if the guy comes off in a game with, in the Bournemouth game from last weekend, warning sign. That should be a warning sign. Mm-hmm. So don't overplay him because then the injury is going to get worse and you better hope this is not anything serious this time. Um, and I also want to make another mention at David Raya. Um, <laughs> he was not perfect in this game. He made some nope. mistakes. So maybe we should bring Ramsdale back in because Arteta, okay. said, <laughs> Arteta said that goalkeepers are like any other position. You can swap them out whenever. So I hope True. to see Aaron Ramsdale playing in the next Champions League game. Kayla, do you agree with me? Um, I don't <laughs> think you should. I don't think you should judge uh, the goalkeeper off of one bad game. He wasn't even that bad. Sure, he made a few mistakes, but he isn't doing awful. Um, clearly, they want him. To, they want to give him another chance and continue giving him chances. But they didn't one, give Aaron Ramsdale chances. Come on, they did. They did. They did. How long did he play for Arsenal? He did. He wasn't even that bad. Like what no, did he, he I'm not do? Saying, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I'm just um taking side of David Raya because you're taking Ramsdale's side because Aaron <laughs> Ramsdale is better than David Raya in my opinion. I don't think one is better than the other. They're both phenomenal. So. Oh my gosh, do not play this game. <laughs> it is clear Aaron Ramsdale. Like, okay, here's the thing. I feel like he should... I I don't even know what to think anymore because one side of me is like, yeah, he should just um stick to one player. He doesn't need both phenomenal, great, yes. top, uh, up-top goalies. But another part of me is like, but when, if one gets injured, he has another really good backup he doesn't have to worry about. I guess, but, like, that's... You don't have two number one goalkeepers in your squad because then there is going to be this tension because both guys want to play, and Aaron Ramsdale is not a number two at all. And I don't think David Raya is like number one material maybe that could be kind of harsh but if Aaron Ramsdale's not going to play he should come to Chelsea and have Robert Sanchez sit on the bench and Aaron Ramsdale can be the number one because I'm not very fond of Robert Sanchez (laughs) (laughs) Manchester City bounced back after their loss at Wolves by beating RB Leipzig one to three it would be Phil Foden who opened the scoring for City. Lois Appenda then tied it up after the half. Julian Alvarez and Jeremy Doku then would have to come off the bench, and they had an instant impact on the game. Alvarez, I think maybe City's best player at the moment, put City in the lead in the 84th minute. Then Doku put the game out of reach for Leipzig with the goal in the 91st minute. Kale, this is typical City. Honestly, it was, I don't have anything else to say besides it was an expected win for them. Like, I didn't expect anything less from them. I, 
I That's think just it. they I thought they would win and they did. Yeah, I think, you know, it's like typical city because they had the possession, all shots were in their favor, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Leipzig have been amazing in the Bundesliga. Uh I kind of thought they would pose maybe a bigger threat, especially in cities kind of like quote quote dip. Um I think Alvarez is City's man at the moment. I think he might be in better form than Erling Haaland. I think he is in better form than Erling Haaland. Erling ha- uh, than Erling Haaland. <laughs> um, Jeremy Doku also looks great. I didn't think he would actually play that much when he first came, but, you know, Pep is nurturing him like Pep does, mm-hmm. and... Jeremy Doku looks amazing. And speaking of City bouncing back... They bounced back down. Um, they <laughs> lost their Arsenal uh, at the Super Sunday game, one to zero. A uh, City had actually it was this game was actually kind of shocking for City. They you know City like City do. They had most possession. They had fifty one percent possession. Arsenal had forty nine, which is quite even. I'm gonna be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, something that was very shocking, though, was the shots. Um, Arsenal had 12 shots overall, and City only had four. Um, Arsenal oh. had two shots on target, and Man City had one. Um, everything else looked fairly even. Um, Gabriel Martinelli scored a late-minute winner in the 87th minute, um, David Raya, he actually could have gifted City a goal in the beginning of this game because he made another mistake. So now <laughs> bring back Aaron Ramsdale. Um, Mateo Kovacic also could have been sent off after fouling Eddie Nketia, but he, or I'm sorry, not Eddie Nketia, Martin Odegaard, but VAR cleared that decision. Like, VAR have had a tough time recently, so hopefully mm-hmm. that was the right decision. Um, You know, I'm personally Surprise. I'm very sad. Yeah, I sad. Mean, I'm actually kind of sad because I wanted... Okay, I didn't know... I like Arsenal. I do. But I did not yeah. want City to lose because now that puts them in third place. We saw Saka didn't start. Because of an injury. Yes, he's out. And also, Kai Havertz has a little bit of recognition. He assisted Martinelli's goal. Stop it! He's done done something. He's done something that was not just given to him like that penalty. But doesn't mean he's any better than he was before. It was an assist, which is good, but you know. Definitely not the expected outcome. City's next game is against Brighton after the international break. And, you know, even though I am a Chelsea fan, I think City's that team that we all enjoy watching. It doesn't matter who you support, where you're from. City is just one of the best teams in the world, could be the best. And I really hope they don't start dipping because I need them to win the treble again. Do the impossible. I just love watching them play. They have some of my favorite players like Ruben Diaz. <laughs> um, Erling Haaland is also in a bit of a dip. and But Julian Alvarez looks to be like the guy. And not gonna lie, um, there was a lot of talk about this game. A lot of people thought Arsenal was gonna win. A lot of people thought City was gonna win. You know, I literally thought City were maybe going to come away with, like, a 2-0 win. But then again, there was no Rodri in this game. 
mm-hmm. as he's suspended. I think that could that was like a very big blow because Rodri has been like kind of like that orchestrator in the midfield. But the surprising thing is, Kayla, you know who's at the top of the table? Spurs. Spurs! All right, so Spurs played Luton Town and went home with a zero to one win. Van de Ven scored the only goal in the match in the 52nd minute. And Bissouma? Yes. Yes, yeah, Bissouma. Kayla, you're doing good with names today. <laughs> Thank you. And Bissouma for Spurs received a red card in added time for the first half. I know this game was against Lut- Town. Luton. L- Luton. Luton Town. <laughs> <laughs> However, having to play with 10 players in the second half and still managing to keep Luton from scoring is pretty impressive like Luton probably I didn't really watch most of this game but I did watch the highlights they were pretty pushy like aggressive trying to get a goal but they couldn't they couldn't do it ended up being zero to one yeah because it's Luton town Mm -hmm. and something else that is impressive is that Spurs are now first in the table and we just said that and I'm very shocking very very, shocking very shocking because we've mentioned a lot of times before how we were worried about how Kane left, how when Kane left, yes. and then clearly now without him, they're working together better as a team. Because often when you have that one star player, you always pass two for a goal. The opposing team will defend that player because they know too. So it was always Kane who was covered, and they depended on Kane. And now that they have the whole team, the opposing now they, have, they now that they can work with the whole team, the opposing team doesn't really know exactly who to cover. So they work together and they know how to uh flourish together and get a goal now i don't know what's happening with city they're in third they're not really pushing as much as they were in the beginning i'm gonna but cry hopefully they'll get they, back on their feet they better they better just, they need a recoup they need to recoup they'll have the international break i mean the majority of the players will be gone but you know they'll come back and i think everything's gonna be good but like speaking of spurs it was luton but mm-hmm. i expected a bigger outcome i'm gonna be too. honest with you it could have been that they were playing with 10 men that's what i was but thinking. i was expecting like maybe like two three maybe four goals um you know spurs had the edge in this game they dominated statistics in everything the basuma challenge was like it wasn't even a challenge Mm-mm. the reason he got a red card was for like the stupidest reason like what are you doing he looked just know. so dumb. <laughs> and uh, James Madison, of course, he's on fire. Hyungman's son, I think he's like their new... Okay, I don't want to say this like... I don't want to like offend anybody, but he's like the new quote, quote, Harry Kane of Spurs. Yep. He is kind of like that main guy now along with James Madison. But something that is maybe concerning is that I don't know, maybe if Spurs could continue like this form throughout the whole season, like we see they're top of the table now, but if Sun gets injured, if Madison gets injured, I don't know when where anything is going to come from because James Madison is like that pivotal guy right now. Sun is also very important. And if they get injured, let's just I hope not. I hope not. Like if they get injured mm-hmm. at the same time, I think it might be a problem because I think those are, like, their leaders. And if those yeah. leaders go, I feel like they're going to be kind of very clueless. I feel like they won't know what to do with themselves on the field. Yeah. Speaking of knowing what to do with themselves on the field, like you said, Kayla, Chelsea are back! Chelsea 
Oh, uh, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes hey, up. Hey, hey, Chelsea, they played to Burnley this weekend. They traveled to Burnley and they continued their winning winning streak, thrashing them one to four. Burnley would actually get the first goal of the game by Wilson Odebert, bagging in a very slick goal, I will say. Right before Chelsea managed to get the equalite. Right before halftime, Chelsea managed to get the equalizer after Raheem Sterling's attempt was deflected off of, okay, bear with me, Amin Al-Dakil. I got it. You got it. Something I couldn't do. Yeah, no, for real. Shortly after... Shortly after halftime, Raheem Sterling was involved once again when he was brought down in the penalty area, letting Cole Palmer, former City boy, get his first Chelsea goal off a penalty kick. Sterling would then get his goal in the 64th minute, and then substitute Nicholas Jackson would make it for. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I am no longer a depressed Chelsea fan. <laughs> we are seeing progress um we are we are now we're in 11th it's just because all of these games today on sunday messed up we were technically in the top half of the table but now we're in 11th um sterling was our man of the match sterling looked amazing he has been looking amazing this season for chelsea i am just so excited that everything is clicking now. The first half wasn't the best, but, you know, halftime came. They were grouped. And uh, something I'm so excited for is I can't wait for Christopher and Kunku to come back from injury. I can't wait how he uh, fits into this forward line. I think it's going to look amazing with Raheem Sterling uh, assisting him as well. Hopefully, they can keep progressing and come back to the Chelsea we know and love. Kayla, what did you think? What did you think? So- I'm very sad because I'm a Chelsea hater because of you. Because <laughs> you like them. Other than that, I have nothing against them. But um, you texted me after they won. 4-1, to one, we can score goals finally. And I, was, <laughs> <laughs> and I was laughing when I read that because I was like, yes, you won this game in previous game, but you can't dep- you cannot base it off of just those two games. Like, I'm sorry, but they form in the beginning of the season. And now I feel like I feel like they got a little bit lucky, I'm not going to lie. Just a little bit. They I did not they, get lucky. They I played think, amazing. They, no, they did good. But, like, I think that um, with... Oh, you made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> I'm sorry. With um, what? With what? <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> while you're thinking of that, I'm just going to praise Chelsea even more. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, You know... They dominated. Actually, no. You know what? You brought up that Chelsea got lucky in this game. Okay. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. They were playing good, but they had some few lucky shots. Chelsea. They thrashed Burnley 4-1. to And what did Man United do? What did, okay. Was okay. that 1-0? 1-0? <laughs> what? 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 Am I wrong? Am I wrong? 1-0? No. No, no, no. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying Chelsea is worse or better than United, because United is doing really bad right now. Chelsea are better than United right now. No, not according to the table. Oh my gosh, the <laughs> table, Kayla! <laughs> the table? What are you basing this on? I'm just, oh, I'm just They're saying. They're a point apart. They're a point apart. What still, are you talking about? Still, still, it doesn't... <laughs> No, but um, Chelsea, okay, they are doing better. I'll give you that. But you cannot get your hopes up. And I hope Chelsea also doesn't get their hopes up. Because if they do, 
they might start to go downhill again. No, 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 no. I no. think this is the resurgence that we're seeing. Um, I don't want to say I feel connected to this team just yet because, you know, it's not, it's probably, I'm going to be honest, it's not my favorite Chelsea team that I have seen. But I will say we won against, um, we won against Brighton in the Carabao Cup. Yes, the Carabao Cup. Then we won against Fulham. 2-0. Then we won against Burnley. That is three wins in a row. And Chelsea are coming back. Chelsea are coming back. You're going to see. We're going to be maybe, I okay, five, fifth, sixth, or seventh place. I'm not putting us in top four just yet. Maybe, maybe if we're really good. I, I don't think that but, we'll be top four. Have you seen the top four? No, not it's, top four. I'm not saying top four. Like fifth, sixth, or seventh. I know, but like, mm, I don't know. I feel like, in my opinion, I feel like they're doing great right now, but I feel like it'll just get to their heads. Oh, it definitely won't. It got to United's mm-hmm. heads, though. It got to United's heads. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so happy. Like, we can score goals. We can score <laughs> goals, and they prove that I always love this team. <laughs> I, I Pretend I never said anything bad about them. Uh. Um, we haven't posted that you were saying they're going to be close to relegated. Oh, what, oh, what happened, oh, to, no. that? Oh, what no. happened to that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot I said that. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, they turned things around. They realized that they're like, hey, guys, we can't be in relegation. You know what? They woke up and said, oh, we have to score goals now. And they are. And I'm so happy for them. And I can't wait to see where they take things. So, Liverpool... They played Brighton, and they were held to a 2-2 draw at the Amex on Sunday. Simone Adingra would actually give Brighton the lead in the 20th minute. Salah would then put Liverpool in the lead with a goal in the 40th and in stoppage time in the 46th minute in the first half, just as the game was winding down and Liverpool thought they were going to get in Away with the win, Lewis Dunk capitalized on a free kick from Solly March, tying the game. I'm actually very surprised at this result, but then again, it was an even game throughout, and I think Brighton, they have been great this season. I just thought, I expected almost more from Liverpool. Like, I, you know, I didn't expect them to thrash or anything, but maybe at the back a bit, just kind of more solid and... Kind of sad that we didn't see that because Liverpool is probably one of my favorite teams to watch. Like, their back line, I absolutely love. Like, Andrew Robertson, Joel Matip, uh, Virgil van Dijk, and Trent Alexander-Arnold are, like, my all-time favorites. And, obviously, there was no Curtis Jones in this game, but I didn't think that was really a big deal. I would say Harvey Elliott came in. He did the job. Um, But I just expected more almost Kayla mm-hmm. I agree I so I don't really have much to say about this game yeah I, I, I agree I, I just like <laughs> I don't know what else to say I mean they tied it up they'll in Liverpool are gonna get another win I don't I, I don't find it concerning at all their next mm-hmm. game is actually very exciting it's um Everton versus it's against Everton. What am I saying? Um, <laughs> it's the Merseyside Derby. Uh, Everton have actually been in great form recently, so I'm so they excited have. to see that. And um, next week there are no um Premier League games as it is 
international week and Kayla you and me I would say I guess our alliances resigned to England which probably yeah. shouldn't be the case but do you just want to talk about Gareth Southgate's picks mm-hmm. yeah it's they're quite um concerning because like why are Phillips Maguire and Henderson there when for example Ward Pros or Ben White aren't and he put Saka there but he's injured I think he needs a little bit of resting time. I feel like he sh- shouldn't be there at the moment. I know. Like, I, I'm i really getting annoyed by Gareth Southgate mm-hmm. and his I am too. picks. Like, it's favoritism. His favoritism. Like, what are you doing? So, obviously, goalkeepers are the same, right? Johnstone, Pickford, Ramsdale. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's surprising at all. Um, Harry Maguire is... Very surprising pick. Um, he brings in Fakayo Tamori, but he doesn't even play Fakayo Tamori, which is like criminal. I think mm-hmm. Tamori is such a great player, and he should be playing. Like, stop bringing in Jordan Henderson. Honestly, like, stop. He's, the... he, he's done. He's done. He's in Saudi Arabia. He's done. <laughs> I just feel like he's bringing in these good play- some of the good players, like you said, um, Fakayo T- Tamori. Yes, good job. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> he's bringing in those good players, but he's not playing them. He's playing like Harry Maguire and like, players stop. that like, are yeah. basically irrelevant now, like Henderson. Like, it's just. Uh, I think, um, he br- he something I am really happy that he did is he brought in Ollie Watkins. I Ollie Watkins has been amazing yes, yes. so far, and but I will say. Instead of Jordan Henderson or Calvin Phillips, he could have brought in James Ward-Prowse from yes, West Ham. He mm-hmm. has been amazing. He is an amazing set-piece taker. Like, maybe I will say the best in the Premier League. He's incredible, and it is so sad that Southgate left him out for players that literally do not play. I mean, okay, Henderson plays, but, like, mm-hmm. he's old. <laughs> I see <laughs> I see Rashford. On the list, and I'm not completely opposed to him, but I feel like you should have put Sterling in over yes! him. Yes! Oh my god! Because gosh. Sterling has been performing much better recently. Yes. And Rashford isn't even starting. He's not performing at all, like, compared no. to how he used to. And I'm on Instagram right now, and I'm looking at the comments, and what we've been saying, like, um, Hendo and Phillips over Prowse and favorites. Like, yeah, a lot of people seem to be on the same path as us, and I feel like Southgate just needs to like realize, like, hey, um, maybe I'm not doing what's right just because I think they're the best. He needs to do, might need to listen has... to some fans too. Yeah, I think favoritism is Southgate's thing, mm-hmm. and we've seen that for a while. Like, uh, Raheem Sterling, like you mentioned, he has been left out for the last two England camps, I believe, and. I think it's time for Southgate to go. Um, after the Euros, I think is going to be his time to head out the door and bring someone else in, because I think his time is really coming to an end. Mm-hmm. I I agree with that completely. He was good a few years ago. We were like we loved him, but oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's just he's definitely falling. I feel like because the players he was playing were good, but now he's just picking the favorites. It's like oh, they still have potential, but they. You don't need players that still have potential. You need the players that are helpful at this moment. Yeah, so we'll see how England do this international break. And hopefully, 
we give Southgate some slack. And that's it for today. Yes. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Don't forget to follow our Instagram and YouTube at Very Factual Podcast.